Welcome to Movie Draft with Nick and Keegs. Follow the podcast on Instagram at movie underscore draft. Subscribe, listen, and rate the pod on Apple and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm guest announcer Adrian Metzler. Enjoy the show. Okay, now where's my check? The Movie Draft with Nick and Keegs. It's the holiday season. It's our holiday episode, Keegs, but... Not in the traditional sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say happy holidays to everyone. This is, um, I was thinking about this today, and this is my second favorite time of the year next to fall. So basically from the months of September to early January, I'm just like the happiest person in the world. <laughs> uh, I am the exact same way for like pretty much the same reasons. Like fall's great. I love it. Love the weather. I love everything about it. And then my birthday's the middle of January. So right through to the holidays. So uh, that's why I love this time of year as well. And we're doing a draft. We're not going to do a Christmas movies because that'd be too easy and too predictable. Definitely. So we're going to do non-traditional Christmas movies. And the movie that is the Rosetta Stone, the origin of all of the non-traditional Christmas movies, and the kind of the, the theme of this episode is Die Hard. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Many, many debates and conversations have been had on Die Hard and Christmas. And many debates and conversations will be had in this draft. And I, uh, in anticipation of this, I thought it'd be fun. Whenever one of our picks, there's a contention for one of our picks that if we think it's too much of a Christmas movie or not enough Christmas in there to count as a non-traditional Christmas movie, the other person will yell out, bah humbug. And we will debate to see if that movie really does, in fact, belong in the draft. Who knows? Maybe we'll be in the Christmas spirit and none of us will turn into a Scrooge. I think it's possible because we we tend to keep this pretty civil. And I feel like, I don't know, I know, I I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of contention for my picks, but we'll see. I had you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, playing in my head when you were saying that. So watch out. I don't know. Maybe I'm in a I'm in a mischievous mood. I don't know. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I'm a Grinchy mood. All right. So uh, I won the the toss to see who goes first. And I'm gonna pick number one. I am going to take this movie. Now, once we start going into the draft, you'll start to figure out what we mean by non traditional Christmas movies because we just don't want to give away our picks right yes. now. Yep. All right, my number one pick is Rocky IV. Yeah, there's been no mention of it yet, but how much are you making for this fight? No money. Oh. It's not about money. Has the fight date been set yet? December 25th. Why Christmas? Christmas? That's what I was told. Where? It's in Russia. Are you Rocky, what's going on? Why did you agree to this? We fight in Soviet Union, but we fight no one. Oh, fantastic. The epic fight at the end of the movie takes place on Christmas Day in Russia, and it ends the Cold War, and it's on Christmas Day. What could be more American or more Christmas than Rocky IV? It's it's a wonderful story. I, I, I watched this both at Christmas time and around Fourth of July just because of how patriotic it is. But uh, uh, watch it every weekend. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this one was was on my alternate list because I absolutely love this movie and I do think of Christmas. I mean, not only the fact that the fight takes place on Christmas Day, but I mean that whole training montage sequence is him, you know, in the snow, in that barn and the cold, you know, getting all ready to go. And it just it it has that holiday, you know, winter feel to it. 
Definitely. And that's a lot of my picks are kind of have that uh, kind of feel to it, too, where it feels like the holidays just by watching it. And I feel like the Rocky movies all kind of fit that because they would do a lot of marathons on cable TV over the holidays, over a long weekend. So it just maybe that's what kind of seeped it, too. But also, man, it's got a great Christmas end to the movie. There's nothing else about Christmas until the fight. And it's our Christmas Day. and. That's it's amazing. It's great. I love it. I love that movie. And it does raise the question because when when um I forget the name of his kid in the movie, but little Rocky is is uh is watching the fight. I think it's RJ. I think it's Junior. Isn't it RJ? I don't remember. But his friends are there too. On Christmas Day watching the fight with him. Oh my god, I never noticed that. Wow. Way to yeah. pick a knit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's not it's not a nitpick. It's just an observation. I was like, oh wow, like those kids' parents were like, oh yeah, you go over to the rich kid's house and watch his dad fight in on Russia. Christmas Day, where on Christmas the robot and the robot is babysitting you. <laughs> yeah, and then considering the fact that the last time Drago fought someone, he killed them. So it's just like, oh yeah, kids, go ahead and watch this fight where where his his dad's gonna possibly die on national television. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my number one pick, and that's the kind of vibe we're going for for non-traditional Christmas movies. Uh, what's Great your pick. number one pick? Oh, man, awesome. I'm so happy because this opens up uh, for my my pick I had to get. My number one pick is Gremlins. Christmas carolers. I hate Christmas carolers. Screeching voice, no loose snippers. I warned you, Brad! It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It uh, it takes place around Christmas time. Uh, Billy gets Gizmo as an early Christmas present, and there's uh, nothing but holiday cheer throughout this movie while the gremlins are tearing everything up and trying to kill people and blow up the town. Yeah, it's a great choice. Uh, it was on my alternate list, too. It's so funny. We really want to get our number one picks, and neither one of us were... <laughs> Gonna go anywhere near them. That's pretty yep. good. <laughs> yeah, that shows I, that we have a love for a, a one movie. We really have that love, and then the rest we know how they're gonna fall in place. Oh, maybe. A- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I had to get this one. I love this movie. I watch it every year, and it's funny too because I watch it every year around Christmas. But right after I finish watching it, I have to watch the second one, <laughs> which is not Christmas <laughs> no, related it's at just all. Just a movie, yeah. But I just, yeah, yeah, I have to just because this movie is, it, it meant so much to me growing up. And um, yeah, I, I have to watch this every Christmas season. So have you watched it yet or not yet? It's actually playing in the background right now. This is oh, the movie that was that your I number one pick. Okay. <laughs> you said you were going to put a movie on in the background. <laughs> yes. Nice. Very good. <laughs> oh, we are recording this a couple uh, weeks before Christmas because this will drop right around Christmas time. So, uh, yeah. But we're in the holiday spirit. We both got our uh, decorations up in our houses. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. So my number two pick. I thought some of these would be taken already in the number one spot. So now I don't really know where to go. Number two, I'm going to go with Catch Me If You Can. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no. You don't apologize to me. 
you always work on Christmas Eve, Carl? I volunteered. Something with families could go home early. It looked like you were wearing a wedding ring out in Los Angeles. I thought maybe you had a family. No, no family. You want to talk to me? Let's talk face to face. All right. I have my suite at the Stuyvesant Arms, room 3113. In the morning, I leave for Las Vegas for the weekend. Ooh. With Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, Steven Spielberg, a classic, a fun watch. There is a little bit of a Christmas scene in it at the towards the end. He's trying to get home for Christmas and he sees his family outside uh, the house and he's looking in and the Christmas movie Christmas music is playing and he's trying to get back home there. So and there's a holiday feel to at the end and also movies set in this time period just feel nostalgia to me. Mm -hmm. And Christmas also feels nostalgia to me, especially in movies. Yeah, absolutely. And this one was released around Christmas time, if I'm not mistaken, because I remember yeah. seeing it in the theater around in in the holidays. I remember that could be the case it. because it also got some Oscar nominations, and movies like that tend to come out around that time. And then, yeah, you're right. I do now recalling. I remember seeing this with my family over the holidays. I think it was uh, Thanksgiving. To be uh, now, it's really all flooding back to me. Yeah, that would make sense if it was around Thanksgiving, because yeah, I remember it being a holiday movie and, and seeing it. In the theater around that time, so. And, you know, it's just a quick little Christmas scene, but it's also got a great, I think it's Nat King Cole, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which is a great Christmas song. And if you could put a great Christmas song in a movie like that, I think that kind of counts as non-traditional Christmas because it's one you watch around the holidays, I feel like. It has that feel to it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not gonna bah humbug that one because yeah I I totally I mean it didn't make my my short list but I yeah absolutely I totally agree with that one that's a good pick. Why thank you we are in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're totally feeling it we're we're we're, we're definitely in the spirit. Um let's All see right, what's, Where do uh, I what's go? number two. Number two. I'm gonna go with Lethal Weapon. Okay, so let's do it. How much? How much for how much? For all of it. You want it all? Yep. You want it all? He wants it all. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, congratulations. Maybe a nice six-footer to put it under, huh? <laughs> you want a tree? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll give you the best tree I got in a lot for nothing. <laughs> hey, thanks. But the shit's going to cost you, a um, hundred. What, that much? Hey, you said you liked it. That's a fair price. Yeah. Yeah, hell, you only live once. <laughs> Get this together here. <laughs> 20, 40, 60, 70, 25, hey, what the 85, hey, 90. Hey, come on, shut up, man. I'm losing count. 93, 94, 95, 96. Set throughout Christmas. Um, I'm surprised that I got the first Shane Black Lethal Weapon, or uh, the first Shane Black Christmas Connection movie. Uh, but uh, I absolutely love this movie. Yet another one I watch every year. Um, it's a not only a fantastic like crime action film, but even though it's set in L.A. at Christmas time, it does still have that Christmas spirit feel to it throughout the entire runtime. Definitely. And when it when a movie takes place like an action movie that's like you see the city or they're always on the move and it's set during Christmas time, like you know, like then the production designers and everybody they gotta decorate for Christmas. And it's kind of cool to see that 
there's just a normal life going on during the holidays, even though the plot of the movie might have nothing to do with Christmas other than the fact that it's December. Right. And I, I love that. And that it, Lethal Weapon is a classic example of that. It is. And there's there's not many movies that take place around Christmas that end with an all-out bare-knuckle fight in a yard while a fire extinguisher is exploding water into the yard. <laughs> it's still one right. of my all-time favorite fight scenes in a movie. It is so blurry and you can't see it. And like it'd be laughable if it was released in an action movie today. Just oh, the way absolutely. That, yeah. that, stu- that people do action scenes today. It's just a bunch of... It looks like two old uh, uncles wrestling in the yard or something. Oh yeah. Plus, I feel like it's the it's the last time Gary Busey looked super intimidating. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, no. Point Break. Point Break. <laughs> he was intimidating for different reasons in Point Break, though. <laughs> when he hops up on that desk and surfs, that's intimidating. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah. Uh, that's the first Shane Black, but it won't be the last. I have a feeling. Oh, I know. I know for sure. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to take uh, for number three, I'm going to go with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Where's my gun? I, uh, no, I, uh... Give me my gun. No, I, I got rid of it. Say again? Yeah, I threw it in the lake because I figured you wouldn't, I would. I got priors in New York, so I really can't, I can't be messing around. You with threw it away? Yeah, plus it's evidence. Is you what? Watch it. Okay, I'm okay, oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I got a little not plus there. Hey, okay, this cool. is crazy. I understand. No, just relax. Whoa, what is that? Is that a, is that a clue? What do you mean? Do you see that? In the thing? Can you... Ow! What were you thinking? My $2,000 ceramic vector my mother got me as a special gift? You threw in the lake next to the car. What happens when they drag the lake? You think they'll find my pistol? Jesus. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. Now, this is the beginning of Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback. He did this movie right before Iron Man, and it was actually his performance in this movie that made John Favreau cast him in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. It's uh, him and Val Kilmer, a Shane Black kind of a comeback movie for him because he did Lethal Weapon that was '87, I want to say. Yep. And this movie came out in the uh, mid 2000s, and it is a great uh, buddy comedy cop uh, mystery detective story noir, and it's set at Christmas time. And one of the characters, Michelle Moyhan, is in a Santa outfit for like the whole third act. <laughs> yep. And and just like Lethal Weapon, this one even more. It's just it's always Christmas time throughout the movie. You, you can't not see that it's Christmas time. It has nothing to do with the plot except for that it's Christmas time. I I absolutely love this movie. It's it's so funny. It's so well thought out, and um. I've, I've told you this story before, but uh, when this movie was released, I was um, in college and uh, I was in an art college and Shane Black was in Minneapolis to uh, promote the movie. It was playing at one of the local theaters and uh, my college was able to get him to come and speak. And I was lucky enough to get to attend the event, and it was so interesting hearing him talk about the movie because my only connection to him at that point was, I mean, obviously I knew he had he was a big you know film writer, you know, with Lethal Weapon, Last Boy Scout. Uh, uh, think he wrote, yeah, he he wrote some form of Last Action Hero. I know he there was other writers that came on afterward, and then uh, Predator. You know, he was he was in Predator as. Uh, Poncho, I think, was his character's name, actually. 
<laughs> and uh, but yeah, it was just so cool to hear him talk about it. And um, yeah, I I connect this movie to that time period when I was in college and doing like creative things, and it was so interesting to hear someone that had worked really hard to finally direct a movie, and that being his first movie. Yeah, it was a it's a great movie. Val Kilmer steals the show as Gay Perry. Oh. And so it, hilarious. He's he's hilarious in it. Robert Downey and him have great chemistry. It's a it's a fun movie and it's set at Christmas time and it, it it's not a movie like you would maybe watch at Christmas time. You could watch it any time of year, but man, I think I might watch it this season. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um let's see. So my number three, I'm gonna go with Edward Scissorhands. Arguably my favorite Tim Burton film. Um, I feel like it's his most honest and autobiographical movie, and it is all set uh, similar to *Lethal Weapon*. It's set at Christmas time, but in California. So um, I I always love the sequence when um, Alan Alda, or not Alan Alda, um, Arkin. Alan Arkin, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yep. See the assist. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Alan Arkin is on top of the house, like rolling out the big um, cotton roll to make it look like snow on top of their roof, um, and uh, just the use of the. I mean, the best scene in the movie is when Edward is carving the ice sculpture and. Danny Elfman, Elf, Elfman's score, you know, is swooping and, you know, it looks like Winona Ryder's dancing in the snowfall. And yeah, the lighting with the snow because it's under like a street light or something, I want to say, or there's some kind of lighting that's like a spotlight on her. Yeah. And it was it was released around Christmas time. And I remember I remember seeing this movie a lot on cable around Christmas time as a kid. So I I definitely make a big connection to to this one and, and the holidays. It's funny that you should mention Danny Elfman's score because I think that kind of gives it that holiday feel because it has that kind of whimsical feel to it. And, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for that. Yeah, and it's it's one of the better Johnny Depp performances. Um, and I feel it's it's Tim Burton as his most at his most controlled or uh, self-aware. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, tends to go downhill after that, but... <laughs> Uh, there's some other good ones because there might be some later on. Who knows? That's true. That's true. My number four pick is going to be another Tim Burton movie, Batman Returns. I knew one of us was going to get that one. <laughs> it's a superhero movie set at Christmas time. It's in Gotham City with Tim Burton and his aesthetic and his design. It's a cool Christmas. It's like retro looking. It's it's very, it's a wonderful life, but with Batman, and mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, the the main villain is a head of a department store. Santa Claus, afraid not. I'm just a poor schmo, got lucky. And sue me if I want to give some back. Yeah. I only wish. I could hand out more than just expensive baubles. I wish I could hand out world peace and unconditional love wrapped in a big bowl. Oh, but you can't. 
the snow looks great with Batman there and Catwoman and the penguin and you got the ice with the penguins. It just all makes sense to have it at Christmas time, even though there's Christmas has nothing to do with the plot, but it's just everything around it. Like there are gifts exchange, it's Christmas time, all that kind of stuff, but it's not like I need to save Christmas. That's not what Batman does. He probably did it with Scooby-Doo and the gang, maybe, but... Right. <laughs> No, I I love this movie. This was this was on my main list of movies I had to get. Um, so good pull. Um, I remember going to see this when it was released. It was the summer of '92, right? Yes, sir. Summer of '92. I remember begging my dad to take me and my sister to go see this. So I would have been seven. Yeah, and I my was sister would have. My sister would have been five. <laughs> so <laughs> can imagine my dad walking out of the theater being like, oh, wow, that was a little dark. But um, uh, I loved every minute of this. And this movie, like like you said, it. I mean, from the jump, this movie sets that kind of dark winter feel. I mean, with Danny Elfman's score, with that, um, you know, with Cobblepot's family, you know, putting him in the basket and throwing him over the side of the bridge. And that was at Christmas time, too, when that in that flashback. Yep. 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 Because because they open up with Pee Wee Herman looking at the fireplace and you see the and you see the um, the Christmas tree and all that. And 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 like you said, for Edward Scissorhands, it has Danny uh, Elfman doing the score and uh, something about the like maybe it's the the chiming of the, the, the singing choir in the background sometimes. That gives it that Christmas feel, but it, his music definitely lends to a Christmas vibe. Absolutely. His run in the 1990s is is so fantastic. I love, like, early 90s Danny Elfman scores. And, and this is the heart of it, and it's a great one. So that's my number four pick. I got Batman Returns. Nice. Okay, so I'm just going to take this one. It hasn't been mentioned yet. We talked about it in the beginning of the pod. Um Depending on your stance on this one, I got to take Die Hard. We have left nothing to chance. I make sure to watch this every holiday season. Um, I watch this while I wrap Christmas presents. Like that is my tradition every year to watch Die Hard while I watch while I wrap Christmas presents. Um, I I don't I don't know. I understand people that say it's not a Christmas movie and people that do. I fall right in the middle. I could care either way. I still watch it at Christmas. Um, it's I think. Arguably, it's probably the best action movie ever made. I don't. I'm not ready to make that claim because I feel like that's another draft. <laughs> I said arguably. I said arguably. Okay. I, I mean, I'll, it, it, it's up for debate. But okay. it was so. It it's been it's been um, copied so many times, mm-hmm. and those copies have worked very well. Like they've made a lot of money. So. Well, there's Obviously. that funny thing where it's it's Die Hard on a, and that's how producers yeah. uh, pitched movies: Die Hard on a bus, Speed, D- 
Die Hard on a Plane, Air Force One. And you could go on and on with action movies in the 90s. Now, I don't think those movies get made quite as much because it needs an IP behind it for that kind of action movie. Mm -hmm. But you don't see quite as many Die Hard ripoffs. But you're right. Like After Die Hard for the next 20, 25 years, it was just everything was linked back to Die Hard. And as far as the Christmas side of things, I feel like the movie opens and closes with Christmas with a nice action movie chunk in the middle. If that Happy Holidays Christmas tape wasn't around, he wouldn't have been able to tape the gun to his back and shoot Hans in the end. So Christmas plays a big factor. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. I have a machine gun. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely love this movie. It's... um, it's my favorite Bruce Willis movie. It was before he became Bruce Willis. You know, it, I mean, this is this is the movie that made him Bruce Willis, but it was it was right after Moonlighting, so he was he was still super likable. Um, and it's just it's just a fun holiday movie. I mean, they use they use chimes throughout the score quite a bit. Yet another great Christmas movie score or non Christmas movie score with uh, Michael Kamen does a great uh, score for this, and he also did the score for Lethal Weapon. Oh, nice. Which is kind of cool. Very good. Yep. Uh, but I wanted, I, I'm really happy I got Lethal Weapon first and then Die Hard because I read something and this, I, I mean, I, I read it earlier today. I don't know if it's necessarily true, but apparently the only reason Die Hard is set at Christmas time is because of how well Lethal Weapon did. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. Because it's, it's not a Shane Black uh, movie, Die Hard, so it was just they, they took it from Makes sense. Yeah, this was a total studio thing. They're like, oh, Lethal Weapon did really great. Let's set, let's set this next big action movie during, during Christmas time. So. so this isn't necessarily a bah humbug by me, but it's also a checkmate by me because you fell right into my trap. Because I'm going bitch. to make the <laughs> argument. My number five pick is Die Hard 2, Die Harder. This is on my list. This is on my list. (laughs) And I will argue it's more of a non-traditional Christmas movie than Die Hard is. That's that's my bah humbug. That's the wrinkle for the bah humbug. Thank God we got a bah humbug in there before we almost finished. Um, (laughs) So... Die Hard 2, if anyone's familiar, it's the holidays again. I don't know if it's a year later or two years later in the in the movie universe. I want to say it's made to seem like it's only a year. It's I think a year it's later. only a so year after. It's the holidays again. But John and Holly have gotten back together. But they're separated at the holidays. But they're gonna meet up. And the movie yeah. takes place in Washington, DC at the airport. And they're traveling yep. on the holidays. It's Christmas time again. And they're traveling for the holidays. And so is the government with a terrorist for some reason. I don't know why <laughs> they chose to do this on Christmas Day. It's the same reason William why. William Sadler, you know. William he, Sadler yep. uh, showing off his uh, his Christmas buns there in the beginning. Oh, there man. To- that's the first scene. That That's his introduction is just him naked in front of the TV. <laughs> Soon he will be our president, too, in a movie, <laughs> in, in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> right. Um, but he will always be death to me. So. Uh, and death, yes. And uh, Shawshank, too. I love him in Shawshank. Oh, yeah. He's a great, yeah, character, a great character actor. actor. Great yeah, character man, He's been in so much. Um, <laughs> so anyway, back to Die Hard. Too. So it takes yes. place. It's it's about that type of Christmas tr- 
tradition that you don't really see in the movies, but when you do, it's really brief. It's just the airport scene where, oh, we're the holidays traveling to the airport, back to the airport. Sometimes you have movies set in airports, but this movie is the action movie at an airport, and it's at Christmas time, and it's snowing, and there's a blizzard, and they're at a church. The bad guys set up a base in a church. It is so classic, non-traditional Christmas movie, and I feel like it's even more than Die Hard. But you're not killing my Die Hard pick, though, right? I'm not you're killing not your pick, but I'm also okay. putting a little stink on it. I want to, I'm trying to put a little... I'm throwing some coals at it. Or... I'm taking or pretentiousness, <laughs> or I'm taking that'll be cut out. I or I'm taking, <laughs> or I'm taking, I'm taking an ice cube and stabbing your pick in the eye like the bad guy, like uh, John does. All right. Well, to you know, John I Amos. was gonna say I, I I didn't add it. I, I was gonna mention in my diehard pick that this is similar to Gremlins, where I watched the second one directly after. Yeah, where where this works a little better because Die Hard Two is still set around the holidays. So yeah, so, exactly. so that so that one two Keegan's rapping presence watching Die Hard One and Die Hard Two. It's you know, it just it just makes for a happy New Year. It does. If you're watching two movies and you're still wrapping gifts four hours later, that's a happy Christmas for someone because they're getting a lot of gifts. If you're wrapping that well, much. Or I just take a really long time to wrap gifts while I'm watching Die Hard because I'll wrap one gift, watch about 15 minutes, and then wrap another gift. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it, too. Yeah, yeah, Die Hard 1 and 2 could be a great double feature, and you don't have to go into Die Hard 3 because that's a complete opposite. That's in the hot summer. And that's a has, summer watch. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a total summer watch. Yeah. It would have been weird if they kept the Christmas thing going because – then it'd be like that's the Christmas action. I don't know if that would have worked to to do <laughs> no, it. I don't think it would have. All right. So what is okay, your so, last pick? So my last pick. I'm happy I got this one. I'm going with the Empire Strikes Back. So uh, bah humbug, I, bah humbug, <laughs> bah humbug. <laughs> I was expecting this. I watch this every what? holiday. They, they don't even say Life Day in the movie, let alone but Christmas. It, <laughs> it opens on Hoth. It's all super cold. Uh, even even when they're inside the asteroid monster, it's all cold. Uh, Dagobah no. is is no <laughs> no no Bahambug. You're calling this one on me. Oh, all right. I thought we were gonna get by without one, but no, man. I I love the love for. Empire, because it is the best Star Wars movie, but... Yes. All right. It's it, okay. that Christmas. No. I it's have just a backup. Cold. I have okay. a backup. Thank I have God. a backup. All right, all right. And there's, there's no way you're going to say no to this one. Trading places. He's the pusher, not me. Really? I just came in and caught this man planting this stuff in my desk. It's obviously some primitive attempt to try to frame me. Frame you? Boy, if that isn't the pot calling the kettle black... This man's obviously a lunatic. I'm calling security. Put that phone down. Hello, security. Merry Christmas. Yep, that's acceptable. Merry Dan Christmas. Dan Aykroyd, Eddie I'm Murphy. <laughs> fantastically funny movie. I mean, there's a great scene where Dan Aykroyd is in just a dirty Santa suit. Very iconic. Yeah, that's an <laughs> iconic, iconic shot. Yeah. The movie, the movie ends on New Year's. It's it's all set in the holidays. It's set in New York. Um, it's the two of them at almost, well, it's definitely at Aykroyd as at, at his funniest and almost Murphy at his funniest. So, um, absolutely love this movie. 
Um, yeah, so this was my immediate replacement pick in case Empire got shot down, which I knew it was going to. Great, great, <laughs> great pick. That's a good pick. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. So that's our picks. And once again, Keegan is showing his 80s bias by picking all 80s movies. Uh, no. Or when Scissor Hands was 1990, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all movies filmed in the 80s. <laughs> I had to quickly uh, glance at my list, and I only have uh, uh, one 80s movie, because I think Die Hard was... Die Hard 2 is 1990. Oh, okay. Then I don't have any from the 80s. Oh, no. Rocky 4? Rocky, Rocky 4. Yeah, Rocky 4. Yeah. Okay. That was what, 88? Uh, 87, I want to say. Oh, 87. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah well, uh. <laughs> well, and... But that but that works for my theme, because... Or my, or my like... Uh, well, yeah, I guess my theme for this draft was movies from my childhood that I've adopted as Christmas movies. Yeah, totally. That makes sense because if you look at your list, like that's a that's a great marathon you got there. So, oh yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. I, I just I was just like like all right, yeah, <laughs> stay on brand. <laughs> I'm surprised it took you that long to say "Bah humbug" on Empire Strikes Back. I was watching your face as I said it, and the wheels were turning. I'm trying like, wait a second, no, no, it's just cold. No, <laughs> it's just cold. It's just cold. That doesn't count as Christmas. <laughs> I every, said winter aesthetic. Come on, no. Every, well, then every day is Christmas in Minnesota where we're recording. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. know. It's pretty dry today. That's right. Okay, so. We are on to wildcard picks. I'm so nervous about wildcard picks. Okay. All right. I'm going to go first, and it, it feels like I'm really trying to flex here because you bah humbugs. I bah humbugs Empire Strike Back. But, well, okay. We can't really bah humbug wildcards, though. No. If you make a good case, I don't think you can. No. Yeah. Are you going to try to reintroduce it to the to the court records, Empire? For wild no, 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 no. Okay. I'm just saying wild cards are wild cards for a reason. It's it's okay. it's a more like, yeah, it's a more like altered look at the theme. So okay. I would never bah humbug a wild card. Okay. Well, that's great because it'd be really weird if you bah humbugged Harry Potter, the whole franchise of Harry Potter I'm taking as a wild card pick. It, uh, it, I, I had this down. <laughs> it feels It feels like Christmas watching it especially the early ones before they really get into the main story. And it's just the whimsicalness of Hogwarts. And yep. anytime it's Christmas, I think it happens a couple of times. I am not a Potterhead. Adrian, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm not a big Potterhead, but I also, <laughs> I know a lot about him, but I don't rewatch the movies like my beautiful wife does. See, and me and my wife as well rewatch them Every year, she we have to watch them around Christmas time. And I was going to say, I can tell you're not a Potterhead by looking at your letterbox reviews of the franchise. Yeah, I, I, well, the first couple it's, ones—it's pretty bleak, man. Uh, I like them towards the end there, the the second half yeah. ones. But the the first ones get a—they're uh, eh, okay, but uh, they're fun. But they are very Christmassy. Stop, stop ruining my wildcard pick. <laughs> I'm not ruining it. No, I was no, just no. pointing something out. No, no, that's true. That's true. But uh, I. Um, so there, they, Christmas pops up uh, in a couple of the movies is what I was trying to ask, right? Or is it just like in one movie? You know, it's especially the first one and the third one. Christmas play very big. Well, you know, and yeah, it's 
it carries on throughout. Not necessarily every movie, but yeah, I I mean, like like I said, me and my wife, we we rewatched the entire franchise during the holidays. And uh and this year I I I decided this holiday season I was going to finally because I've only seen the movies, uh I decided this holiday season I'm reading all the books. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so I definitely connect Harry Potter and Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. I am definitely due for a rewatch. I feel like is what this is coming down to, but uh, I uh, I will definitely. <laughs> I'm sure I, Adrian will be fine with that. Oh yeah, she, she's got the Blu-rays fired up, ready to go. I I also uh, think uh, the Harry Potter movies. You get that Christmas, a little bit of Christmas, and a little bit of all the movies because a lot of the movie is set around a, a, a school year, or a, a year at Hogwarts. So. You know, for passage of time, you got to throw Christmas in there to show where you Absolutely, are. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Especially that first year when it's all new and we're getting used to what this world is going to be like for us as uh, viewers. Well, and speaking from, you know, just a fan of the movie, that first that first movie, Sorcerer's Stone, that Christmas scene is a big pivotal point in that movie because, I mean, not only does he get the Cloak of Invisibility as a Christmas gift, but also... It's Harry's first real Christmas. Like, it's the first time he actually gets presents and gets to enjoy the holiday. So that's a big emotional moment in that movie. So that's that, that's why I think it resonates so well, especially in that first one. And the the way that dining hall looks decorated for Christmas is just oh, awesome. oh, so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, very good. Yeah. All right, so that's my uh, wild card pick is the Harry, Harry Potter franchise. Sweet, because I, I, I love that pick. That was my... Technically, my alternate pick because um, I thought you were gonna get my my wildcard pick. I'm super happy. I chose Shane Black and Christmas. Oh well, okay. Now Bahan Bug, you already we just, what? <laughs> you already picked his other movie because I was gonna pick that for a wildcard, but then I'm like, oh, we're picking the movies, so I was gonna take but the movies. I didn't pick all of the movies that he has connected to Christmas. Yeah, he okay. has six six movies within his directing and writing filmography that are connected to Christmas. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I, so wait, so, you have, I had four down. You say there's six? One, two, three. What are the movies? Okay, so we've got Lethal Weapon. Yeah, The Last Boy Scout. Okay, Long Kiss Goodnight. Yep. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Iron Man Three. Yes. And then there's a brief scene in The Nice Guys that takes place around Christmas. Okay, so that's The Nice Guys. All right. And I can't remember if Predator does or not. The no. Predator that he directed. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't think it did, but I couldn't remember. I bet he threw it, didn't it in didn't show there. up in my research. He probably did. Because the dude, the dude loves Christmas. And I actually have a quote from him as to why he uses it. Oh man, you did all the same research as me too. I have if the same. If I'm so quote. permitted, I don't know. I just got bought humbug for a second time. His quote. This was a quote that he gave um, Entertainment Weekly, and uh, it's kind of a long one, but we'll go into it. Uh, he says that Christmas represents a little stutter in the march of days, a hush in which we have a chance to assess 
and, and retrospect our lives. I tend to think also that it just informs as a backdrop. The first time I noticed it was Three Days of the Condor, which is a great movie, where Christmas in the background adds this really odd, chilling counterpoint to the espionage plot. I also think that Christmas is just a thing of beauty, especially as it applies to places like Los Angeles, where it's not so obvious and you have to dig for it like little nuggets. One night on Christmas Eve, I walked past a, Mex- uh, a, a Mexican lunch wagon serving tacos and I saw this little string and on it was a little broken plastic figurine with a light bulb inside it of the Virgin Mary. And I thought, that's just a little hidden piece of magic. You know, all around the city are little slices, little icons of Christmas that are as effective and beautiful in and of themselves as any 40-foot Christmas tree on the town of the White House. On the lawn of the White House, sorry. So that, in a lot of words, is the answer. And I like that. I like that, that you know, it's... It's his idea of a little bit of magic in, you know, a more mundane world, which is what his his screenplays tend to be. You know, they're they're a lot darker. They're yeah. I feel like a lot of his movies maybe they'd still be just as good, but it just doesn't have that little bit extra. And I love it in Iron Man three because that's another superhero movie that's set at Christmas. You got the giant uh, bunny that he gives Pepper, and then you got the town they go to in Tennessee that is more decked out for Christmas, more in a traditional sense than you see in California with Tony and his life. So you get a little bit of everything, and it it it's a great Christmas uh, movie. Yeah, absolutely. And as much as I as I disliked his Predator movie, I feel like I disliked it more because there was no Christmas element to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there wasn't. Uh, I, there might be a little glimpse, but I think you're right. I, yeah, I, I like it for it. Uh, okay, yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah. uh, all right, that's a good wild card pick. He is kind of the action Christmas uh, director. And uh, Yeah, I, I also had, I mean, as another wild card pick, it, and it's kind of, it's definitely connected to your Harry Potter pick, is I had Chris Columbus in Christmas, but he tends to actually do Christmas scripts. Yeah, those are more Christmas movies like Home yeah. Alone. and Like yeah. Home Alone, well, it was weird. I was going through his filmography between between directing, writing, and producing Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Christmas Chronicles 1 and 2, Christmas with the Cranks, Jingle All the Way, Stepmom, Gremlins. Like, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of Christmas-centric stuff in there. So that's why I was like, well, if I get Wild Card, maybe I could call this one, but. I like the uh, Shane Black one better because those ones are yeah, uh, more more like action movies or, or, or suspense movies with Christmas in the background and. And the the movies are more like family ones that Chris Columbus, so there's always going to be Christmas there, regardless. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, some other honorable mentions, some ones that I uh, didn't pick. I wanted to do this one if uh, if I was running thin on options was Step Brothers. Uh, <laughs> it, there's a great segment towards Fantastic the end of the Christmas scene. <laughs> oh, so good towards the end of the movie where uh, John C. Riley, Will Ferrell are just man boying it up in the movie and uh richard jacobs is the dad and he's just like just pounding down eggnogs and then he just decides to go to the cheesecake factory factory. (laughs) just says merry christmas and he's just dialed out tuned out it's like rock bottom for this family and it's at christmas time so you get the uh the great christmas music ironically playing and and then at the end of the movie, it ends on another Christmas the next year, and 
at the end they're gifted that big boat, the boat in the yard, and yep. the pornos and the masks. And uh, <laughs> he's not upset that it's not movie accurate. He's not upset. <gasps> oh, Dad, that was so thoughtful. <laughs> so that had a nice Christmas wrinkle to it, and it's uh, probably my favorite Will Ferrell movie. Uh, easily, it's my favorite. Will oh, Ferrell that's movie. easily my favorite Will Ferrell movie too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. So that's a, that's one honorable mention. I also had um, Eyes Wide Shut was set at Christmas, but I never saw that, so I yeah didn't really want to pick something I had not seen. But I heard that sets at Christmas and has nothing to do with Christmas. Right. Um, for me, I don't have too many other ones. Uh, the only two that we have not mentioned, because uh, I did mention the Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, is uh, Reindeer Games. Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not a great movie, but does take place around Christmas time. And there's a great scene in the diner where um, uh, Ben Affleck repeatedly um, mispronounces pecan pie and just says, I want some pecan pie. Like the whole yeah, – it's it's it, it's a great, great scene. Just <laughs> – I love that scene. But um, So there's that one. And then also L.A. Confidential. Yep, that one said at uh, around Christmas time too. Yep, yeah. I mean the movie starts with a big like Christmas. It's a, I think it's a Christmas Eve like brawl between the cops and everything, and yeah, yeah, Christmas plays a big part. And yet another you know California set you know non traditional Christmas movie, and uh, and and set in the forties or in I want to say the forties forties. Yep. Yep, but, and, and just to think about that era with just a little bit of Christmas really goes a long way. The nostalgia of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another one set in California that I guess it's just not enough to really give it a confident pick is almost famous. And that's just because at the very beginning of the movie, the opening title cycles, it's uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yep. And uh, you see people decorating the storefronts of California. And it's just the contrast of it being so nice out. And that's why uh, the song and everything really stands out. But then after that, it just has nothing to do with the movie. So Yeah. But I feel like that that really helps to establish like how different his family is from everybody else. I feel that that it, it kind of sets that tone, especially, you know, when Zoe Deschanel later on says uh celebrating Christmas in I think it's like what was it March or April, so it wouldn't be commercialized or something like that. So yeah. it, they yeah, had a it, they it had a they had a tone. strange mom for sure. Yeah, they had a strange mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, that would just didn't have enough Christmas in it. It was just at the beginning. So yeah, and even if it did have like came back at the end, I feel like that movie is so great on its own. It doesn't need to be labeled as a non traditional Christmas movie. Absolutely, yeah. All right, one last honorable mention, and it's funny that I, I saved this for last. I forgot it was at the bottom of my notes, and uh, this might uh, come back with the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, for a wild <laughs> for a wild card pick, I had the Star Wars Holiday Special. Okay, well, it is according not, to your bah humbug. That's way more on brand than my Empire Strikes Back. So, it's about a holiday that is very non traditional. It's about Life Day, <laughs> right? So. Uh, that I don't think I'd ever was gonna pick that, but I just had it on there. But if you would have said that, I would have accepted it. So <laughs> that would never have been one of my picks. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That wraps up our non-traditional Christmas movie draft. Next week we are going to talk about a all-time movie, 
And uh, maybe all-time movie, soon-to-be all-time movie, we're going to talk about Citizen Kane and David Fincher's Mank about the making of Citizen Kane. I'm so excited for these, man. It's, I'm, I mean, I'm such, I mean, we're both such huge Fincher fans, and I've been eagerly awaiting this to be dropped on Netflix. Uh, there's a lot to dig in to talk about with both movies, especially as we've mentioned in past episodes that Keegan has never seen Citizen Kane, and I haven't seen it in over 20 years, so it's going to be like the first time for me. So it's going to be fun to uh, dive into an all-time classic and then uh, see exactly what happened to the movie. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually planning on watching them. I, I want to watch them almost back-to-back. I'm, I'm definitely going to try to watch them in, within the same day. That's uh that sounds like a cool way to do it. And I've heard places that if you're not familiar with the movie, it'd be kind of cool to watch it first before you watch Mink, which is uh gonna be on, on Netflix. And it, it already is at the time of this recording. You can find us on Instagram at movie underscore draft and also on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. I'm Nick Metzler. I'm Keegan Kahanis. Welcome to the party, pal. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low.